How are you doing your homework? <coughs> I'm just, you know, I mean, I sadly know what we're going to be talking about. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to, I'm really doing my best just trying to save what we're going to talk about with this little fucking tweaker, uh, you know, until the, the, the actual shit gets started. Because uh, I, I got some shit to say about this guy. <laughs> Welcome to Lyrics to Go, the podcast where we take a deep dive into lyrics that are questionable at best, but have largely dodged public ridicule until now. Uh, our very first episode. How wonderful. Ever. 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 <laughs> Shh. I know. Uh, so I'm Mark here. Davis, and I am here uh, with Seth Ford. How, How are, are you, Seth? I'm fine. How are you, Mark Davis? I'm good. Good. And uh, being that this is uh, the first episode that we're going to release... Uh, we figured we'd, uh, at least say a little something about ourselves and why you should, you, you shouldn't necessarily give a flying shit about what we have to say. I feel like we're two guys that, uh, even though people might, that we know that might've known us for years and have said our names over and over, uh, don't just refer to us as Seth or Mark. They always refer to us as Mark Davis or Seth Ford. Yes. You, of course, of the famous Ford family. Yes. Uh, your father has a Grammy. Uh, uh, and, and actually, it's not a Grammy. I've been lying all these years. It's actually an AVN award for... For most uh, manipulative chest hair. It's For some not... reason, I thought AVN was uh, a, an adult movie. It is. Oh, okay. Adult Video News Award, man. That's what it is. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, if you don't know, I guess maybe the best place to start is I co-host uh, with my friend, one of my best friends, Lee Brutschneider, a podcast called uh, the No Nonsense Trivia Podcast. No, 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 no. <laughs> Of which Seth has been a guest many times and is a fan favorite. I like the show. Um, Seth and I are both also musicians locally that have been in a number of bands for a number of years. Mm. Um, Seth has been in uh, such bands as the Fords of Chaos, <laughs> uh, the Strip Club Moms, yes. um, and the Shy Tunas, a family band that he's in now. Am I missing any bands? No, that's good enough. Good enough? Yeah, that's enough uh, that people need to know about. If I will say, if you are gonna, if you do are, are going to look up any of those, please look up the Shy Tunas, which we have a band camp. There you go. I'd just like to add that. And then uh, I myself have been in a bevy of local bands. Can I say? Please. Table 9. Okay. 29 Steps. Yep. Anchorite 4. Uh-huh. Exploding Pages. Yeah. Let's go exploring. Mm-hmm. But Exploding Pages really, really at the forefront at the moment. Well, I wouldn't say at the forefront, but probably the most recent of the, how do I put this, of the Mark Davis projects um, that, that that are now on the table for your listening pleasure, which I think there is a band camp for that as well too, right? There is, and the Free Coasters, the Free which Coasters. is probably the more active band that I'm in. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's, I, I mean, so the Exploding Pages is more of a, a thing that I do, kind of like my artistic thing that I do with... Um, my musical partner, my musical co-patriot, Mike Cosden. Um, and then the Free Coasters, I kind of got lucked into playing with them. Yeah, could I say that you're that on, on the, the other ones that I listed were all, you were there at the inception. Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Not Things, so much the Free Coasters, but you are creating with the Free Coasters now. Many of those bands have been like Mark Davis bands. Right. That I started or helped start right. 
and the free coasters are a band that have been around for a while and then um i was just kind of in the right place at the right time and lucked out they recruited you yes and um so in addition to playing music for a long time and doing stuff podcast wise uh in the past um we are also music lovers oh very much so um and I, uh, I'll be honest, I, uh, I was never, it's funny because I, I tend to say that I don't care about lyrics, but I do tend to notice them a lot. Um, and so I would, I would talk with Mike and I would say, I don't really notice lyrics, but whenever we do covers or whatever, I would know if not the melody and like the chorus, I'd know a chunk of the lyrics. That's funny you mention that. Um, in one of the bands that I was in, uh, you know, I didn't I didn't always pay attention to lyrics of songs that I grew up with either. But one of the bands that I was in, the Strip Club Moms, uh, d- the guitar player and singer Doug came to us and said, "There's this song I want to do. It's an L.A. Guns song." And I had not been an L.A. Guns fan at all, and it was called "Ship Rolls In." Oh yeah. And I had heard the song, but didn't like it more, especially at the time, by virtue of the fact that I just, it wasn't in my personality to like uh, the LA Guns, but Doug pointed it out to us, we started practicing it, I paid attention to the lyrics, and it opened my eyes to a new way of looking at LA Guns. Well, there you go. Which is, which leads us to? To what we're doing here. Um, and so, uh, the, the, the kind of the, the elevator pitch, as they call it, uh, taking a deep dive into lyrics, questionable and otherwise that have dodged public ridicule until now, um, is, uh, you know, we're still kind of hammering out exactly what this is. And for the most part, it's going to be lyrics that you never realized were terrible or had questionable or scary or uh, cringy uh, lines or uh, themes. Um, there have also been a couple of songs that we have done and that we plan on doing um, that, it will just shock you at what they are really about uh, if you did not know. Some lyrics might be surprisingly uplifting that you didn't expect. Yes. Occasionally, not as much. Yes, yeah. Um, so, uh, though that is kind of like uh, the the elevator pitch and the quick way of kind of putting it, um, you know, it will probably uh, venture from that a bit with songs that are just like kind of surprising or whatever. Uh Lyrics to go also, I guess I should I should mention, uh, is a um, is an, a, a tribe called Quest song. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole idea there is that these are lyrics that probably should go um, because of some of the content. Some of the bands and some of the people I'm sure will be semi obvious. I'm sure there will be a Ted Nugent song at some point uh, and stuff like that. Uh, this is also to say that not all these songs are necessarily songs that we hate. Uh, some of them will be songs that we love uh, for better or, or worse. Um, but, uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> scary lyrics or questionable lyrics, they are what they are, uh, whether we uh, want them or not. Um, I think that probably does a pretty good job of wrapping it up. It is. It is. There, um, there are songs that we're going to go over that when you might have been a younger or a different person, you listen to those songs and you said to yourself, wow, I really don't like them. And then as you mature and get older, you find that there might be some sort of nuance to them uh, that suddenly attracted you that wasn't there in your youth or in earlier days. And uh, you, you find that sometimes, especially if you pay attention to music like Mark and I do. <clears throat> this is not one of those songs. No, no. No, uh, this song is one of the first ones I, I distinctly remember 
talking to Seth and him, I can't remember if it was playing somewhere, but him just going, man, I just can't fucking stand the stroke by Billy Squire. It's a, 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 a song that will test that, that, it, that will stand the test of time as awful. Pretty much in every way. Yeah, and I guess I had always thought of it as kind of harmless until uh, I really started paying attention and kind of tuning in uh, to just how awful of a song it is. I kind of want to say right off, so in preparation to this, I went to the Wikipedia page, and a lot of songs will have information about how the song was written what it means, how it was recorded. I think kind of a test, a testament to how bad this song is, is there is like no information about it other than the fact that it was his first single to chart. <laughs> it only went to number 17. Mm. Um, I'd like to ask you, do you remember the first time that you heard this song? No. You don't? Okay. No. I can remember when I was younger as a child hearing the song uh, in elementary school. And, oh, no. Uh, yeah, there were other songs that, um, of course, when I was a kid in the 80s, there were songs that we paid attention to that were Billy Squire songs, but mostly because they were on <clears throat> they were on MTV. Um, the Rock Me Tonight video was out, and uh, that I remember hearing Lonely Is The Night. There were other songs. But I do remember hearing, because there is one part of the song that stands out more than any other, the chant of stroke that takes place over and over. We'll get to that. Um, but I remember hearing it when I was a kid and thinking, that just sounds bad. It just feels bad. It just feels it? bad. It yeah, just, it just sound. I didn't have to have any sort of musical knowledge to know that it sounded bad, and I was kind of shocked that you know that this was in that this was in the popular culture at the time. And and here's the really awkward thing about it, Mark. It stayed there. We heard this on classic rock radio for years and years after afterwards, and you can still hear it on classic rock radio today. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, this, it, it kind of reminds me of um, Justice Stewart's uh, I Know It When I See It porn thing um, <laughs> that I, I don't know what's creepy about it. All I know is that when I hear something that's creepy, my, I get a tingle Yeah, it goes up uh, spine. in all these places that I shouldn't get tingles. Yeah. Um, where have you heard the song? Uh, Billy Madison, The Hot Spot, Small Soldiers, Let's Go to Prison, Blades of Glory, Crank High Voltage. This should tell you what you're, what you should be in for. It's a joke. Yeah. It's a joke. It is. Uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and get, get into the lyrics. Um, I, I, I don't, uh, <laughs> God, can we do a, a, just a very quick background on 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 Mr. Squire himself? Yeah, please. He was, he's um, originally from Wellesley, Massachusetts. He's eighty years old as we record this, or I'm sorry, seventy. I'm, I didn't mean to put another ten years on him. Eight, seventy years old as he we record this. It. Yeah, I know he doesn't need it. Uh, and his name is actually William Hazlip Squire. That is his name. Um, you know, he's he's he's. Um, let's just cut to the chase and say '80s rock guy. Yeah. And that's it. The cover of this album, he kind of looks like a young, like a younger, more playful um, uh, Robert Smith from The Cure, a little... sitting with a uh, Telecaster mm -hmm. on the ground, kind of looking at you playful. Uh, the album is called Don't Say No, released in 1981, and it went three times platinum, which uh, I don't know why it did. 
uh, I guess um, the cover for the single of the show. You're right; he does look like a little bit of a, a little bit of a Robert Smith, maybe a, a cross between Robert Smith and Mark Bolin. Okay, but not yeah. nearly as cool as either of those two. No. Were you into? Uh, are you a fan at all of like Lonely Is the Night? Anything like that? Uh, that's funny you should mention that, Mark, because no, I am not a fan of anything this guy has ever done. I don't like. There's. I don't think that there's a song that he has done that I even remotely would say, you know, oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a song that I look back on fondly. You know, uh, they were all bad. I have a a just a rotten recess of my heart that is reserved for um, uh, the one... William Heslip Squire. <laughs> no, for, for this one specific song, um, Rock Me Tonight. Take Me In Your Arms, Rock Me Tonight. Uh, it's yeah. there was a video for it, and I think we'll we'll go into that video. I'll reference it probably as we go through this because it is one of the worst examples of songwriting and video making combined in uh, in one instance. I should also go on record saying that I do realize that the song is supposed to be about uh, the music industry. Yes, but uh, I just think he did a bad job. You know, you can say that there's so many other songs out there that reference the shallowness and the vapidity. Is that a word? The vapidness yeah. of, uh, of of the music industry. Like, for instance, uh, Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd. Or Welcome to the Machine Welcome by, to the, on the same album. Absolutely. Yeah. F- unbelievably great songs that address this problem that are so much better. The music is so much more well-produced. The I mean, and, and written... And the lyrics are so much more fitting and poetic than this schlock. Yeah. Now, everybody, have you heard, if you're in the game, then the stroke's the word. Okay. Away we go. Uh, The stroke is the word. The stroke is two words. Yes, it is two words. You would say then stroke is the word, (laughs) but whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll digress. Don't take no rhythm. I think he's he's putting it in a box here. He's bringing you the stroke. It's the the stroke, in quotations. The stroke in quotations is is being put into a box here for you as the theme. It's the stroke is here for you now. Please please dissect this, Mark and Seth. Twenty thirty years later, please do that. Don't take no rhythm. Don't take no style. And he doesn't have much rhythm. Got a thirst for killing. Grab your vial. I'm going to grab what? I have no idea what any of this means. Um, Even as it relates to supposedly being about the music industry. Maybe there was a vial given to him by a genie saying, one day you'll make a hit song. Take this vial with you. Grab the vial and drink it up, and suddenly the song that you write will make it onto the radio. I believe that we're supposed to believe here that um, that, or we're supposed to understand rather that the stroke we're talking about stroking an ego. That's I think that's well, Mark. Let's just get out there and say it. It's it's supposed to be a double entendre. Yes, it is supposed to be. Um, it's supposed to be the stroke, as in. The commercial A&R guy comes to you and strokes your ego, while at the same time, subliminally, Billy Squire is out there calling to all of the young, I don't know, susceptible, weak-minded people that might possibly stroke Billy Squire one day physically. Yes, yes. Weak-minded. 
Uh, don't take no rhythm. Don't take no style. Got a thirst for killing. Grab your vial. Cocaine, like a, a vial of cocaine. It's given to him by a genie, Mark. I mean, is what is the thirst for killing? What is 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 it is, is the artist the killer? Is the A and R guy the killer? Is the young person aiming towards you know going home or getting on the tour bus with Billy Squire the killer? Who's the killer? Uh, I have no idea. I don't either. And then we got a little. Which is. The wankiest of wank guitar parts that ever could have been written. It is. It is. Uh, it is. I like it. I, I think do? it's catchy. Yeah. I oh, mean, God. for what it is, it's it's the best part of the song. But that's not saying much. Um, put your right hand out. Give a firm handshake. He's leading the hokey pokey here. I thought the same thing. You're borrowing <laughs> That's what from the he's hokey doing, pokey. man. That's what what are, doing. who are you? He's like creating a dance, man. He's like, you know, bend over, let me see you shake your tail feather. He's making a he's making a dance. Talk to me about the one big break. Hmm. Spread the ear pollution mm-hmm. both far and wide. He's polluting. Keep your contributions by your side. What? And stroke me. Stroke me. All right. The, the ear pollution spread and wide, you know, get that music out there, cast it out to the audience, which, of course, what he's making is pollution. But what the fuck? Contributions is again. Maybe the, it's it's his the contributions refer to money here, Billy. Um, Keep your contributions by your side. This sounds like he doesn't understand what some of these words mean. I think he was just, he had a thesaurus or a This sounds like dictionary. an English's second language uh, <laughs> situation where it's like, there's some word that begins with a C, and it, maybe it's contributions, but maybe I'm wrong. This song was computer generated by 1980s AI. <laughs> That's what happened. We fed a hundred hours worth of 1970s and 80s cock rock into a machine. And it spit out this song. And out popped these lyrics. Yes. Uh, we we did all that and plus a bag of uh, pure white Colombian cocaine and an A&R guy. Something about a vial? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. About Talk to me about the one big break. So obviously that's, you know, speaking on what, we, what we've been talking about, what we've been discussing. Yeah. About, you know. The music industry. I always, whenever guys talk about things like this, the big break and stuff like that, I always think back on the Leonard Skinner working for MCA, the mm-hmm. cigar munching guy coming in. I want you to sign a contract. I want you to sign today. You know, and that's who's coming in to see Billy right now, the MCA guy. I mean, it's probably, yeah. he's probably wasn't signed by them, but that's the vision. They're that Jer- I have Jerry there. Heller. Jer- yeah, you're Jerry Heller. You yes, you're cigar munchers. You're, you're Ahmed Erdogan's. Yes. Yeah. Spread the ear pollution both far and wide. Keep your contributions by your side. And stroke me, stroke me. Could be a winner, boy. You move quite well. Stroke me, stroke me. Stroke. That's when they do. I, I don't... I, I tried tr- trying to find... I, I tried to find out where they got this sound stroke from. Later on in the song, there is a long chant of this. Yes. And what here's what I, I imagine happened. 
he he had some you know some guys that bring him vials, some girls that pay attention to it, vials of cocaine, some girls that pay attention to him, some maybe one of the A and R guys all got together and he said, "Come on, guys, I need you to come in here and chant these words like we're at a football game or something." And he got them all in there into the studio and he gave each one of you know he put all of them in front of a microphone and then he just kind of gave them you know the signal and they all went stroke, stroke. Now what I would kill for is to see video of these actual people doing this over and over again and seeing the just the blank looks on their faces is what is this actually going to be? What is this going to turn into? What's funny is that I guess in my mind, I've always thought that what's happening is they did like a field recording of, um, of boaters. Boaters? Like, oh. uh, like a rowing team. Yes. Yes, like the Harvard rowing team. Because isn't don't they yell stroke as they are uh as they're rowing? At least that's what I saw in the Warner Brothers cartoons, man. That's what I mean I mean maybe I'm dead wrong. <laughs> maybe maybe. I, I given by the production of the of the song, it you know, actually it could be. It could be exactly what you're saying, man. It sounds so bad. It does. The recording of it is terrific. And you can't terrifically tell, awful. You can't tell if it's like bad on purpose uh or like what it is. Stroke. 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 Yeah, oh. it's terrible. Ugh. Um Stroke me, stroke me. You got your number down. Stroke me, stroke me. Say you're a winner, but man, you're just a sinner now. Mark, I'm going to go on record as saying is maybe the worst rhyme combination that we're going to ever hear on this podcast. It is just so stupid. Say you're a winner, but man, you're just a sinner. Which is to say that, like, you can't be a winner and a sinner, I guess. He's he's running out of shit to say. He's like, I gotta finish this song. The A and R guys want me to get it done. Uh, winner, sinner. That's in the diction, the rhyming dictionary that I'm holding. If you thought it was bad before with the hokey pokey, verse three, you put your left foot out. It's the hokey pokey, Mark. It's keep, what it is. Keep it all in place. Work your way right into my case. First, you try to bed me. You make my backbone slide. Uh-huh. Yes. But when you find you bled me, uh. step on by. Uh, I mentioned probably a couple times my fascination uh, and my leaning on Genius.com. Mm-hmm. Is there a Genius.com for this? There is. Oh, my God. There's a Genius.com for everything. Whether or not stuff is uh, annotated, um, not always. It says for this line, after the record labels have extracted all his worth, they will throw him to the side and find the next musician to exploit. Uh, how deep, Billy. Um, so I guess, again, it's one of those things where it's trying to make some kind of uh, metaphor. Yeah. And it's just like the worst metaphor for of being all time. used and tossed aside. And and he, I like to say, Mark, that he failed miserably in this regard. In that, whenever I hear those lyrics, and I've heard them a lot, unfortunately, I always thought that he was like visiting some sort of sadistic chiropractor. You make my backbone slide, you know. And this is like the what does the, that mean? You I, make my bet. You try to bed me, so you try to have sex with me. You make my backbone slide. I guess is as good as mine. I mean, but when you find you bled me. Mm. Did you bleed someone on accident? Chiropractors using a knife. I don't know. 
So I guess, but when you find you bled me means like after like like you're, you've wrung all the music right. and money out of me that you possibly can. Step on by, keep on. The sad stroke part me. Is, is that somebody made a dollar off of this damn thing. Oh, a lot of dollars. Mm. Stroke me, stroke me, give me the business all night long. Mm-hmm. Stroke me, stroke me, mm-hmm. stroke. Stroke me, stroke me. You're so together, boy. He's been giving us the business on this for 30 years. It never went away. He has. Stroke me, stroke me, say you're a winner, but man, you're just a sinner now. This is... Yes. I believe this may be where the stroke, stroke, stroke thing happens. Mm -hmm. And there's a fourth verse. Now, a lot of songs do not have a fourth verse. Only a song as terrifically awful as this. Yeah, only the sadistic mind of Billy Squire could say, hey... Let's knock them out with a number four. I don't think they've. I don't think they understand what I'm saying. Uh, their yet. their ears aren't full of enough shit. I gotta add a fourth. <laughs> Better listen now. Said it ain't no joke. joke. Let your conscience fail you. Just do the stroke. Oh, suddenly he's a righteous man. Don't you take no chances. Mm. Keep your eye on top. Do your fancy dances. You can't just stop. You just. The fancy dance part. All right, here we go. Here's where I'm going to reference back. Once again, the visuals that I get listening to the song and paying attention to the lyrics. This references me back to the Rock Me Tonight video that I told you about earlier, which is one of the most spectacularly bad videos ever made. Not only is the music bad, the video itself, it is quite literally a video of him dancing and prancing around a studio apartment, maybe in some big city, jumping around, messing with his uh, hi-fi system, uh, flipping his hair back. I mean, constantly flipping his hair back. It just, it doesn't stop. And when it gets to this, the fancy dances part, I, I, I still envision one particular part of, which is the, it's kind of the climax, and it comes in the middle of the song and the video of the Rock Me Tonight. When he's singing the chorus, he jumps up on the bed and he leaps forward in kind of a Heisman pose. But instead of holding a football, he rips his shirt open. Oh, my and God. Looks, and looks, and, and it freeze frames right there, right there, right at the peak of that first chorus, right? Abs glistening. Well, no, maybe not. <laughs> okay. But what, he, but what happens next is so spectacularly stupid. The next scene that you see, maybe they could have saved that for the end, but no. The next scene that you see immediately after that is him slowly rolling down a new tape top over his midsection. Okay. That just barely covers his midriff, a right? A little midriff showing. Yeah, yeah, and just he's slowly rolling as he works his way into the second Something that would have gotten you sent to the office oh, in absolutely. school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Billy was just, he was really ha- letting it all hang out there for the, for the strokers. Speaking of the Rock Me Tonight video, um, it's funny that you should mention that because... In the aforementioned, but when you find you bled me, step on by mm-hmm. lines, uh, someone did uh, annotate, uh, annotate with this. The line has taken on a prophetic quality. Mm. Although Squire was not a one-hit wonder, his time in the limelight was brief. After a video for his biggest hit, Rock Me Tonight, received a disastrously bad reception, oh. his career went into a nosedive. Oh, you just made me feel so good about that. You, I, I never knew that. I mean, I never really knew that that's what sent him to the bottom. But they played that video when I was a child on MTV all the time. And I just remember being a little kid thinking, this video 
you know, you're supposed to be open to everything when you're a child. And, you know, you're supposed to look at everything with new eyes. And something about that video told me that it was shit, even at a young age. Yes. Uh, so it, it does link uh, to uh, an article that is called The Video That Killed the Rock and Roll Star. Um, with a picture of, of Billy Squire uh, taken by Andy Warhol. Oh, wow. Um, which is pretty interesting. Uh, the, uh, I'll read a little bit from here. Squire's video for rock me tonight, terribly misdirected by choreographer Kenny Ortega is considered to be the worst video ever made by a major artist and record label. We're going to blame it on Ortega. (laughs) Mike Kelber, who headed the Capitol records division responsible for making the video called it quote, a whopping steaming turd. And that it is quote. And was astonished that such crappy-looking production may have been the most expensive video Capital had made up until that time. The resulting fiasco was devastating for Squire. It's filmed in a studio apartment. It's, yeah. And it's just him dancing and prancing around the studio like a little elf, you know, flipping his hair back and ripping off his, you know, his, his 80s neon uh, garb. Now, I don't... I, I'm not on a uh, I'm not on a mission here to make you like Billy Squire. I know that isn't going to happen. Yeah, yeah. It's um, however, there is a book called "I Want My MTV," mm-hmm. uh, in which Squire talked about this music video. Uh, it says Squire describes the effect the "Rock Me Tonight" video had on his career with a combination of self pity and dumbfounded disbelief. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a quote from him in the book: "When I saw the video, my jaw dropped. It was diabolical." I looked at it and went, what the fuck is this? The video misrepresents who I am as an artist. Mm-hmm. I was a good-looking, sexy guy. Right. That certainly didn't hurt in promoting my music. But in this video, I'm kind of a pretty boy. And I'm preening around a room. People said, he's gay. Or he's on drugs. It was traumatizing to me. I mean, I had nothing against gays. I have a lot of gay friends, so of course he's going to throw in friends. the yeah he's going to throw in the the I uh, I have gay friends. Mm-hmm. Um, everything I worked for was crumbling, and I couldn't stop it. How can a four minute video do that? Okay, it sucked. So um, apparently, this video is very very alarming and and hurtful for have, him. Have you seen it, Mark? I, it's been a long time since I've yeah, seen it, but I, I have. I've been trying to scrub it from my brain. For quite literally over thirty years, and it'll it'll never go. I think it was done by Beavis and Butthead. I think they made fun of oh, him I'm sure, for it yeah. at one point. It is it is a spectacular. It'd be one of those video. ones where they they just open jaw, like slack jawed, yes. staring at it where they don't say anything. I think they did, and then they just change the channel, right? Which is like the worst thing. Like Beavis and Butthead watching a show as a, I always felt as a kid. Watching watching a, a music video and talking about it, right? At least they would give you the time of day. First time I ever heard Ween. Right, right. Push the little, Push daisies. little daisies. Yeah, yeah. I remember being excited that they mentioned Primus. Right. In it. Do you um, know that they did a Built to Spill? They did in the morning. There's actually a video for in the morning. Oh, really? And they did it. Yeah. One, I think I it's a it's a quote that I, I'm sorry if we're off topic here about talking about Beavis. We're gonna geek out on Beavis and Butthead for just one moment. It's a line that I still that I've bit off of them and I use it and I give them credit for it, but I do it all the time and it's one of my favorite comedic lines ever of all time it's from when they watched the rooster by alice in chains okay or no i'm not so not the rooster but uh man in the box okay and there's a there's a part in man in the box where uh lane staley 
is sitting there and he's got like, you know, his eyes are like cover, you know, sewn shut or whatever. And they kind of flash back and forth. It looks like they're on a farm. And for one quick second, the camera flashes over to like the farm animals. And you see standing out in the farm animals right in front of them is like this very dark colored goat. And right when it flashes to him, it's quiet for one quick second. You catch Butthead saying this just in the in the break in between the beat. He goes, whoa, check it out, a wolf. (laughs) And I still use that. If I ever see an animal that just looks kind of mean, I look at it and still go, whoa, check it out, a wolf. So (laughs) I I, the thing I one of the I I remember many lines. I was a gigantic views and Butthead fan. Who wasn't? But yeah, the aforementioned uh, Primus uh, reference. With a bright, uh, why known as Big Brown Beaver? Well, or? so it wasn't a music video, but um, a Primus music video is the music video for Hull and Oates, I believe, mm. doing Jingle Bell Rock mm-hmm. or Rocking Around the Christmas Tree, right? And uh, in it, they're both like preening around their living room, Billy Squire esque, uh, yeah, uh, yes, um, uh, you know, dressing their Christmas tree, mm-hmm. and uh, three no good nicks come up to the door, and Butthead goes. Who invited Primus? Uh oh! <laughs> and I That's was so great. happy that they referenced Primus, and that Primus was like known as like the, oh no, uh, what the hell are we gonna do? You never can't get enough Beavis and Butthead. No, no, but no. but back to Billy, which is what we're here for. <clears throat> are those all the lyrics? Did we do all the lyrics? Have we gone through them? Uh, we did. Yeah, we did. Um, but we didn't. Well, I don't think so. We... The ending. I mean, I don't know how long you want to go on with the ending. Uh, but the ending just repeats. That's that's a that's a really important thing to bring up, Mark. Is the is the end of the song is an extremely long. I mean, it, it's kind of the it's kind of like the turd cherry on top of the shit Sunday, on top of the diarrhea Sunday. Is is basically is that the song ends with the constant refrain of stroke. Stroke well, and it the stroke me, stroke me, stroke me, stroke me, stroke yeah. me, stroke me, stroke me, stroke me, do it, stroke me, stroke me, stroke me, stroke right. me, it, keep on, stroke me, stroke me, yeah, you're gonna stroke me, stroke me, and then of course we end with the line, say you're a winner, but man, man you're just a sinner, sinner now. now. Going back to that, and yeah. then it stops. Oh, um, the torture doesn't stop on this one, man. It doesn't. It you does. know, I I just feel like when you have. I'll be the first to admit I'm not good with symbolism. Okay, I'm not. I'm not great with. Uh, you don't with, always pick up the 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 the. Yeah, like what, what is that here. supposed to be? Well, I'm not. You know, entirely sure it right. could be a million and one things or whatever. Um, but that is just the cloudiest. Even if someone was to sit there and like, there are certain lines where people have tried to say, "Oh, well, this is what this means," but it seems like some of the clumsiest lines, no one even tried to like figure out on genius.com there's it's just so muddied and so confused the winner sinner rhyme scheme is just a plug and play rhyme scheme that i think he just threw in there because he's like well shit how are we going to wrap this up you know how are we going to end this hey you're just a winner but man you're just i mean it, it is just weak in every way it is yeah you say you're a winner but you're just a sinner I don't know who's supposed to be saying that. The A&R guy? Is the A&R guy saying that to the musician? Or is the musician saying it to the A&R guy? You're left in the dark and it's a bad analogy. Yes. Um, Both. It just, this... uh, I'm still hung up on the vial thing. I don't, I still don't know what the vial is or what's in the vial. I don't know. You know, you, you, you have a thirst for killing. Grab your vial. 
it, does the vial have kill in it? I don't know. It's because it came, you're thirsty. I still believe it came from a genie. That's the only way this song got on the damn radio. Well, anyway, some sort of magic. Fuck this song. Yeah, I just like to say that in this day and age, what's the what's the date today, Mark? Today is October eighth. Yes, the year of our Lord twenty twenty. All right, the first um, the first lyrics to go. I think this is officially it. The first lyrics to go, and I do feel cleansed. And yes, I, I feel, I feel like we're that purging we through this. And that's actually what I'm getting at. Actually, right here is that I think that you and I, throughout our lives, we've been burdened with classic rock. There's been plenty of good of it, you know, lots and lots of it, loads of it. But you and I both grew up with the oldie station here in Fort Myers, and we've watched that go away. We've watched it become a thing of the past, and you don't have an oldie station in Fort Myers. And slowly but surely, we're watching classic, you know, classic A and R rock like this go away. It's it's start. I think it's on its way because we look at things now like they look at Pearl Jam and Soundgarden as alternative gold. You know, that stuff's almost twenty five years old at this point, approaching thirty. Right. We are going to watch classic rock die, and no better way to put it to bed than saying. Fuck Billy Squire. Seth, I think that's a perfect note to leave on. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we hope that you will keep on listening and that we can pick a lot of other good and bad songs uh, and surprise you and uh, surprise ourselves a little bit with I some of the to. songs that we pick. Uh, I think every week we're going to tell you the next song we're doing so you can listen up on it and... Uh, and get a little bit of a concept or an idea. I think most of the songs we're going to choose, we're going to try and do songs that are kind of uh, existing in the zeitgeist uh, and that are like semi-well-known. Some of them will be rap songs, rock songs, country songs. We're going to do it all. I think we're going to cover everything. Um, yeah, because they're bad lyrics and misunderstood lyrics. Are universal. No, yeah, no <laughs> no genre. Um, they are non-discriminatory. Um so we're going to delve into some rap with our next song from classic rock, rock to uh, to Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg. We go right from a song that I think is universally, I think both of us can agree, is a completely horrible, terrible song. Probably don't like it very much. I mean, at least I think you think the same way I do about it. Yes. I think I've made that abundantly clear. To a song that I think we both genuinely enjoy and think is quality. Yes, uh, this is one of my one of the first rap albums that I ever listened to and became obsessed with. I actually remember writing down um, the lyrics uh, with my f- best friend at the time, mm-hmm. um, uh, Mike Calavano. Uh, the song that we're going to do is called "Fuck With Dre Day" by Dr. Dre off of the album "The Chronic." The Chronic, um, and we'll go Just... into depth there as to uh that album and the effect that it had on hip-hop at the time revolutionized music in my opinion indeed but we will talk about some of the problematic uh lyrics and (laughs) questionable content uh and uh kind of confusing uh i don't know how to put it it's gonna Uh, be a new dre day yeah yeah it's 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 confusing to me and to Seth for many reasons, and we will, we will, uh, we will talk about some of those. So, until next week, and then thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will see you soon.
idea wandered off. Thanks a lot for listening. Our theme song was done by Exploding Pages. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for songs or lyrics, you can send them to lyrics to go pod at gmail.com. We'll be back here next week. <laughs>